welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. What a great uh, prelude the Lord has given us tonight to our Bible lesson. We are in a fight. We are in a fight for our lives, our spiritual lives, for the spiritual destiny and outcome of our families, those that are part of our sphere of influence, our world. I know we can't, we can't save everybody. I used to feel guilty about uh, thinking maybe I, I had missed, when I got through a day, I had missed praying for somebody to be saved that I was supposed to pray for. Maybe it was the clerk at Walmart or the person that took my money for my Mountain Dew at Circle K or that person that was in the car right next to me at the red light that I looked over at and knew by the look on their face that they were going through some things. But uh, the Lord helped me to understand we, uh, we're human, and we may not be able to physically save our whole world, even by praying for every single one. Uh, but what I've been teaching you tonight is God's plan and God's will for us to be involved in that process that is exactly the way he wants us to, to get the job done and to do our part in ministering and allowing God to minister through us to reach lost souls. And that's what it's all about. You've heard me say it before. God didn't save you just to let you ride the glory train to heaven in sitting back in the seat in comfort and enjoying the ride. He meant for you to hang out the window and the door and scream and holler at everybody that you can and say, come on, get on board and go to heaven with us. Maybe that's a simple elementary illustration of what we're supposed to do. I'll talk about really how we're supposed to do that tonight, but uh, we have been uh, teaching this series on intercessory or on praying in the Spirit, and uh, it may have grown wearisome to some, but uh, we are coming down the home stretch, and I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we will probably have maybe one, perhaps at the most, two more lessons after tonight, unless the Lord deals otherwise. Before we go into that, though, let me announce, I remind you, Sunday, we're back to our regular schedule, Sunday school at 1 o'clock, pre-service prayer at 1230, worship at 2, invite, 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 call, 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 text, 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 and most importantly, pray, 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 and let's have folks here Sunday. Now, I don't really want to... Uh, overstep my bounds right now, but I'm telling you, church, let me, let me just say something. We have turned a corner in the Spirit, and I, I felt it so definitely, things that the Lord's been speaking to me, felt it so definitely Monday night in our Monday night prayer session. We had more than we've had 
in years. And there was such a unity there. And uh, God's about to do some great things. So let, let's, let's have folks here Sunday. What do you say? Let's invite folks. Invite Mr. Sister Sarita, Mr. Fred, the cake man. Is he still making cakes? Okay. Sister Sarita's neighbor makes good cakes. If he comes, tell him I'll buy a couple. Tell him I'll buy a couple if he comes. <laughs> Some of y'all know about my sweet tooth. Let's get to the word of the Lord. Tonight, uh, last, last, was it last Wednesday night? Yeah. We talked about understanding spiritual warfare. And uh, I, I've taught you about how that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of them that believe not. We're zeroing in now tonight and, and the next week or so on why we do all this, why God gave us the Holy Ghost uh, to be used in this spiritual fight, in this spiritual warfare, in battling the enemy on a spiritual plane, uh, on a spiritual level to steal back, not, not steal back, but to take back territory from the enemy that he has stolen from the kingdom of God and from our families and from those that we love. And uh, it, it is a mighty war that's going on. And the way that we fight is using our spiritual weapons, mainly the weapon of prayer. And, and most of the time, the most effective way to do that is through and by praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. That's what praying in the Spirit means. It's what God gave us the Holy Ghost for, one of the main reasons. It's not just for our personal benefit and blessing and the peace of God and, and the wonderful things that are part of being filled with the Spirit of God. But this is so important that we get this. God gave us the Holy Ghost to use, to pray in it, so that His kingdom will grow and his will will be done in this earth in the lives of people. So tonight we're going to uh, talk about a specific kind of praying in the Spirit. And, and this is so important. Uh, tonight's lesson is entitled Understanding Intercessory Prayer. And this is part one. Uh, there will be a part two, possibly a part three. And then unless the Lord leads us, like I said, we'll be done. Uh, so if you're tired of this, there's, there's hope uh, after the next week or so. Tonight I'm going to talk a little bit more about the why of intercessory prayer. We, we talked about it last time, and we talked about how the spirits of hell, uh, we must go to war against them in behalf of souls. And we do that through praying intercessory prayer, interceding for them. So we're going to talk about why some more tonight. Next week we'll get to some of the how. We're going to get down to the nitty-gritty of how to do it, how to pray in the Spirit, intercessory prayer. I'm going to show you a very interesting video of another preacher who will explain it a whole lot better than I can, and so you don't want to miss next time. But tonight, um, let's go to Romans chapter 8. And just by way of review, you know, praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, there's different flows of the Spirit uh, whereby we do that. We pray sometimes in tongues, just praise unto the Lord. Sometimes it's worship. Sometimes it's petition, uh, 
praying tongues of petition, asking God for things that we either don't know what we're praying for, or maybe we do, but we don't know how to pray uh, about them. Now, praying prayer of petition, petition, asking God for things, praying in tongues in the Spirit, is different from intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is, is asking God for things, but it's at a whole different level. And so that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Romans 8, 26, we've uh, read this verse before and talked at length about it, but we're going to see some new things in it tonight. Paul says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That means expressions that we don't know how to say it in our own language with our minds. Language 27. But he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So, Intercessory prayer is literally praying together with the Lord. And this is what I want to focus on tonight. It is actually praying in the Spirit. Intercessory prayer in the Spirit is actually allowing Jesus to pray through us. Now think about that. And I'm going to explain from the Scriptures how that is so and why that is true. Uh, the Greek word here, helpeth, put up verse 26 again, brother. Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. In the Greek, it, it means to take hold of together, to cooperate together. Thayer's Bible Dictionary says it is to lay a hold along with, to strive to obtain with others, to help obtaining, or to take hold with another. And what he's helping us with as we pray in the Spirit is with our infirmities. The Greek word for infirmities means, and, and, and real quick, I, I use Greek and explain what that means because the original Bible, New Testament, wasn't written in English, wasn't written in King James. That's a translation that was translated from the, the manuscripts that were written hundreds of years before that in the 1600s. So I love the King James Bible. It's my favorite version. But please don't anyone get offended when I say, let's go to what those men and women who actually wrote, well, the men who wrote the New Testament in the language they wrote it in and study the exact words they wrote to get not a different but a clearer meaning of what they said. So the Greek word for infirmities means want of strength, weakness, inability to understand a thing, to do things great and glorious, uh, inability to do that, inability to restrain corrupt desires or to bear trials and troubles, inability to bear trials and troubles. That's what our infirmities are. All of those are infirmities. And our inability to bear those things or do those things on our own, uh, we can't do that without the grace of God and the help of God. But in this particular verse... It is talking about our not knowing what to pray for and how to pray for it in whatever we're praying for. Verse 26, when it, it says uh, infirmities. And, and the intercession, the word intercession here, it, it's referring to praying for whatever God knows we need to pray for, especially when we're praying for people, whether it's our family uh, or uh, the saints of God or 
backsliders or those who are lost and have never come to God. That's what we're supposed to be praying for. The Greek word for know, when it says we know not what we should pray for, means to perceive. And so we really can't perceive what we should pray for and how we ought to pray for it. And even if we think we do, uh, if we think we know what the need is, and of course we know about needs and we ask for needs every time we have service at a particular part of the service to pray for those needs that we know about. But even when we do know the needs, we don't most of the time, we don't know fully what is the will of God regarding that situation or that need. We don't know what God's will is for us to pray for that need. I, I, I've been in this all my life, and in my lifetime in the church, I've seen so much praying. I've even done it myself, where we're praying, uh, where we assume to pray things that, that we want God to do, and, and how we want God to fix stuff, and, and, and how we want God to do things, and what we want God to do about the situation. Uh, sometimes, though, we err by not submitting that whole situation and, and submitting ourselves to God and His will and, and saying, okay, God, I want to pray about this. How do you want it to be prayed for? And the reason God doesn't usually tell us how is because He doesn't want us to pray for it intellectually with our mind, because that is so inferior praying compared to praying in the Spirit where God is actually flowing the prayer that He knows exactly needs to be prayed for those people. Uh, so, so that's going to be the case most of the time. I can't really pray for that need in obedience to the Word of God if I don't let Him pray those things through me by praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. Amen. Now, it's very interesting to me that Paul says in these two verses, maketh intercession. Uh, let's put up verse 26 again. We're going to pick at it. Uh, but this word intercession, the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. Now put up verse 27. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. In the original language, Paul wrote two different words there. Verse 26, the Greek word that he wrote for intercession that the King James translators translated as maketh intercession. It's a different word than what he wrote in verse 27. That's interesting to me. In verse 26, the word intercession primarily uh, talks about the Lord's willingness and desire to come alongside us and help us to pray. Therefore, intercession here means helping us to pray. But in verse 27, the Greek word for intercession that Paul wrote, it's a totally different word. It means something different. It means to ask for something with urgency and intensity. Praying intercessory prayer in the Spirit in tongues has an intensity, has a, a, a drive, a motivation, and a passion, an urgency 
that even other types of praying in the Spirit does not have. Talking about intercessory prayer. Now, I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. This type of prayer is the most, in verse 27, this intercessory prayer in the Spirit, it's the most significant kind of prayer that God wants to pray through us. This is real, true intercession. So, intercession in verse 26 is talking about the fact that God comes alongside us to help us pray all kinds of prayers. But in verse 27, it's talking about something far more important. It's talking about Him interceding through us in an urgent appeal for specific situations involving people. And usually that urgent situation, not always, but most of the time, is about their salvation. There's no more important prayer that you and I could ever pray for someone than to pray for their salvation. And doing it this way, praying for them in intercession in the Spirit, in tongues, is the most effective way to do it. Because when we do it that way, we are praying for them using God's own words, God's own authority, God's burden with us just being the conduit through which He flows all of that. That's called intercessory prayer. And don't you believe that that's the most effective kind of prayer when God's praying the prayer that can be prayed? Sure it is. And intercessory prayer is not just prayer that's prayed for others. Uh, It's the way the prayers pray that's so important. It's God praying through us, uh, interceding for someone. I I talked on a Monday night uh, several weeks ago about how that intercession, interceding and intercessory prayer, and I'll talk more about this maybe less than after next, uh, praying in intercessory prayers, praying with a burden that, that is somewhat akin to, in the natural realm, a woman, a mother, going through the pangs and travail of bearing a child, of labor. And I made the statement, I said, that's why women really have an advantage on us men in understanding. Now, maybe we can pray like a woman can in intercessory prayer, but in understanding, uh, we, we really, uh, women have, especially mothers, have an advantage over us in understanding it because we can't really begin to fully comprehend what a woman goes through in bearing a child in labor. And the travail, that's the intensity of the travail. That is the one experience in the natural realm that comes closest to intercessory prayer in the Spirit. Because uh, when you get into intercessory prayer, many times it is actually giving birth spiritually in reaching into the spirit realm as God prays whatever words He wants to pray through us to affect the lives of people who are on their way to hell that God wants to snatch out of that journey and put them on their way to heaven and, and turn their life around. Uh, so... Uh, again, the intercession that's mentioned in verse 26 is talking about prayer in general, but the intercession 
that uh, he talks about, tells us about in verse 27, is talking about a ministry flow. Uh, intercessory prayer, again, is the most important kind of prayer we can pray. And let me tell you something tonight. It is the prayer that the enemy fears the most because it is the most powerful and effective prayer that we can pray. Now, let's take this a little bit further. There is a, there is a ministry of intercessory prayer that some people have. There are some people, we all are given gifts, spiritual gifts, and uh, tasks, and callings of God placed upon our lives. I'm called to do something different from you, and you're called to do something different from someone else. There may be uh, uh, a handful of people in this uh, church uh, that you're sitting here right now that are, are called to be used in certain spiritual gifts and others used in other spiritual gifts. Uh, I've been called to a public pulpit ministry and pastoring. Uh, there are people that are called to do maintenance work, teach the Word of God in Bible studies, teach uh, children. All of it is important, and all of it works together. The Bible says we are all members of the same body, and we are fit together. Uh, it says as a, a house that is fitly framed, the body of Christ. The Apostle Paul talks about that. There is a specific ministry that God calls some people to of prayer in the Spirit, in intercessory prayer, that they, um, they do that all the time. They do it frequently. Uh, there comes to mind Sister Flo Shaw, who's uh, head of the UPC's World Network of Prayer. How many of you remember when Sister Shaw came and, and spoke uh, to us in person a few years ago? And then I think the ladies have watched her, too, by way of video. She's an intercessor. She's called to the ministry of intercessory prayer. And there are others, possibly some of you uh, here tonight are, and uh, maybe you know someone who is. But just because you may not be called to the ministry of intercessory prayer, it is the will of God for everybody who has the Spirit of God within them, everybody who's got the Holy Ghost, can pray prayers of intercession in the Spirit at different times. Everybody can, and it's the will of God for everybody to do that. It's God's will for everybody who has the Holy Ghost to, from time to time, pray in the Spirit in this kind of praying in the Spirit of intercessory prayer. Um, when we pray in the Spirit, Here's, here's one of my main points tonight. We are actually allowing Jesus to continue his ministry of prayer that he had while he was here on the earth, when he walked on the earth, because we are allowing him to pray through us. Let me show you that further down in this chapter. Let's go to verse uh, 31. Paul wasn't done talking about this thing. Uh, intercessory prayer. Verse 31, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He has spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who is he that condemneth? Or who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? 
It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God. And what's he doing while he's at the right hand of God? Also maketh intercession for us. Now, let's talk about this verse for a minute. Let's understand. Let's really understand it. Christ, Paul says here, is at the right hand of God. Who is Christ? Christ is the one that was born of a woman. Uh, Another term that is equal to Christ, the word Christ literally means the anointed one. So Jesus Christ is Jesus, the anointed one. Another word that's equal to Christ is, or phrase, is the Son of God. Okay? We are not Trinitarians. We do not believe in the Trinity. That is three uh, co-equal, co-existing, distinct persons of God. There are some Trinitarians, not all, but some who believe when they get to heaven, they will see three thrones with God the Father on one, I'm assuming in the middle, in in their mind's eye, and on the right hand, the right side of that throne, so if you're looking this way, that way, there will be the Son of God, or Jesus, and on the other side, the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know how they can imagine the Holy Spirit sitting on the throne because the Bible says that God is a spirit. And no man has seen God at any time. That's talking about that, that uh, invisible God that we will never see, that part of God that is too great for us to ever comprehend. What God did was he manifested himself in a manifestation or a form that we can comprehend and relate to and see with our eyes. That is the Son of God, the Logos made flesh. Logos simply means Word. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Logos. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, skipping down, same chapter, John 1, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And the Scripture says that the way, that's the way we can see God. Uh, We're not going to put it up, but 2 Corinthians 4 and 6 says, in the face of Christ, uses that phrase, we see God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so, Christ is the only visible image of the invisible God, Colossians 1.15, forever. And Revelation says there's only one throne in heaven. John only saw one throne, not two, not three, just one. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus said those that overcome are going to be able to sit down with him in his throne just as he has overcome and sat down with his father in his throne. So the man, Christ Jesus, who was both God and man, is God manifested in the flesh, who according to Isaiah 9, 6, he is the wonderful, the counselor, the mighty God. He's the everlasting father, and he is the prince of peace. Now, that verse, the verse right before that says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Who's that talking about? It's got to be Jesus, right? So, and then in verse 6, he says, this, this son, Jesus is 
uh, is the mighty God, the everlasting Father. So these three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, these three are one. So when Jesus sat down, quote, as Paul said, at the right hand of God, that is simply a figure of speech. Doesn't mean that physically he is sitting on the right hand of some something, whatever it would look like, as the Father. You and I can never see. We will never see the Father. The Father with our, with our natural eye, with our eye in heaven. Because he is infinite, and finite cannot relate to infinite. So infinite, and there's only one infinite, the infinite God came in a form that we can see, that we can relate to. And the right hand of God is a figure of speech, meaning that he sat down on that single throne of heaven as the only visible representation of the Father to us, the I am, as he said to uh, Moses, infinite God forever. It's going to be that way forever. So when this verse in Romans 8 says that he's at the right hand of God and is making intercession for us, there's only one way that can be happening. And that is the one, capital O, who is sitting on that throne who we can see decided to send out from himself after he ascended back to heaven, after his resurrection. The Bible says he, quote, unquote, shed forth this Holy Ghost, which really means he came back again in a different form, the promise of the Father, his Spirit, so the one on the throne is not praying while he's on the throne, but the one on the throne is the same one that is praying, making intercession. How? Through us in intercessory prayer, even now. That is the will of God. Now, let's notice how important this type of prayer, intercessory prayer, is to Jesus. Let's read a portion of one of the only recorded prayers of Jesus that's in the Bible. There were very few actually recorded the actual prayers that he prayed. And this man, Christ Jesus, prayed to the Father because only flesh can pray. People say, well, who was Jesus praying Two on the cross, if he's God. Well, God was in that flesh, but God's in me too. Hello. The God that is in us empowers us to pray with our flesh to God by his spirit that is in us. Remember, the Bible says we are only a partaker of the divine nature. That's the spirit of God in us. But the Bible says that Jesus, the flesh of God, had the Spirit within him, quote, without measure, unquote. So it wasn't like he had the Holy Ghost, which we, we, we receive, which is just a small, minute, so small that we can't even comprehend it compared to him, fraction of himself that he pours into us when we receive his Spirit, the Holy Ghost. But Jesus had the Spirit without measure, 
Why? Because he was God in that body. We just get a little bit. But because he was God in the flesh, Jesus had the Spirit of God without measure, limitless. But because Jesus was both God and man, at the same time, the flesh part of him prayed while he was on the earth. So here's part of one of those prayers, John 17, 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. God loves unity in his body, in his church. Verse 23, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Jesus prayed for us right there. He prayed for all of those who would believe on the disciples' word. That means everyone who's been born again of the water of the Spirit into the family of God and become a part of the church. While he was on the earth, the disciples could not pray intercessory prayer. They didn't need to. They weren't allowed to because Jesus was still here. He had not yet been glorified. Do you remember when the Pharisees came to Jesus one day and they complained to him and said, we fast. We're holy. We're big fasters. Your disciples, we've been watching them, and they don't even fast. I don't remember the, the Pharisees coming to Jesus and complaining about that to him. And Jesus, you remember what he said to them? He said, they, they're going to fast, but not now. Why? Because I'm still here. They don't need to fast now while they've got me right at their doorstep. But when I'm gone, that's when they'll fast. And after he was gone, that's when the Lord transferred to his body, to his church, the responsibility of intercessory prayer. Because the man, Christ Jesus, did his own praying for us. But what about now? Let's go to the Scripture, Hebrews 7, 24. But this man, here's Paul writing again. I love the writings of Paul. Because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. How? If he's the one sitting on the throne, the only one sitting on the throne, as the only visible representation of the Almighty God forever, how does he pray to himself up there? He doesn't. He ever liveth to make intercession for them because he now lives in us. And he prays that intercessory prayer through us by his Spirit. God gave us the Holy Ghost, which now abides in us. And what is the Holy Ghost? According to Romans 8, it is the Spirit of Christ. So the same spirit that was in Christ is in us. And how can that be the case? Because there's only one spirit. 
So if I have the Holy Ghost, I have the Spirit of God, I have the Spirit of the Lord, I have God's Spirit, I have the Spirit of Christ, I have the Spirit that was in the Son, the flesh of God, Jesus Christ, they're all the same because there's only one Spirit. Now, here's what it all boils down to. We are called... And I'm really laying a, 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 a large foundation. I know I'm getting in a lot of detail for intercessory prayer. This is the why. We are called to pray in Christ's place. That's how he ever liveth to make an intercession for the saints of God. That's how he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He does that through you and I, who are willing to submit to him to do so. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, and I'm almost done. 2 Corinthians 5 and 18. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, keep that phrase in your mind. God... Jesus has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Next verse. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us. There it is. Unto us is committed something. This time it's the word of reconciliation. So we have been given the ministry of reconciliation, and we have been given the word of reconciliation. And what was this reconciliation? That the death of the innocent one that we sang about a while ago on the old rugged cross, the man, Christ Jesus, who took uh, our sins upon himself, he who is without sin, died on the cross in our place to pay the penalty for our sins so that we could be reconciled to God. And those of us that have received the benefit of the ministry of reconciliation now have been given the responsibility of us participating in the ministry of reconciliation. And he has given us the word or the rhema of reconciliation. And these are words that we speak both in prayer, when we're praying in the Spirit, He gives us the rhema, the words to pray, and in just general ministry to others, in serving in God's church, doing whatever you do, whatever God uses you to do in God's kingdom. And again, I've taught you for many years, everybody has been called to do something. Everybody should be involved in ministry. Somehow, some way, in this local church, if this is your church. And if you don't have a, 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 if it hasn't been made apparent to you what that is, come talk to me. We'll find you something to do. We'll pray about it. God will show us. So, let's keep reading verse 20 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is somebody who has full authority and power of the one they represent to act in their place. We are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. 
We pray you in Christ's stead, or the Greek is in Christ's place, be ye reconciled to God. How in the world can we pray in Jesus' place? Here's how. Because our being as an earthen vessel, the writer said, becomes his conduit through which his spirit flows and prays in the spirit, by the spirit, in other tongues. That's it. That's the will of God for you and me. That's the purpose of God for you and me. That's what you and I have been called to do. That's what we've been called to do. And if we want to see revival, and if we want to see our loved ones saved, if we want to see this church grow, if we want to see the kingdom of God prosper, then we need to learn to pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. And it's not something that just is given as a gift to some people. Everybody has it. And I taught about that in one of the earlier lessons. By the way, if you've missed any of these lessons in this series, give with Brother Terry. He can get you the CD. They're free of charge. And, uh, or he can show you how to get to them on and watch the video on Facebook. So, this is so much more than just being saved to attend church services and to give our tithes faithfully and to live separated and apart from the world and obey the pastor. And now all of those things are right to do. They're biblical, but they are not the end all to be all. And doing those things is not enough. It's never enough because we are called, folks, to be conduits of the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth so that he can pray through us. So, and so that he can minister through us. Because Jesus said, it's the spirit that quickeneth or makes alive the flesh profiteth nothing. He said, the words or the rhema that I give to you, that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So God has called us to be conduits of his spirit for him to be able to pray through us those things that are necessary, that need to be prayed so that the word of God can be fulfilled. And then after we've prayed those things in the Spirit, in tongues, it's also the will of God for us to hear what the Spirit uh, is giving us to say in our language as we minister to people in our day-to-day -day living so that the Spirit can then empower us to, to speak His words of life and quickening and revival and salvation through us as we participate in the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling people back to God and speaking the word of reconciliation as the represent, representation or representatives of Jesus Christ in the earth as a part of the body of Jesus Christ in the earth who is the head of the church. Jesus Christ in heaven sitting on the throne speaking through us to see the lost saved. That's what it's all about, folks. You've been called to that, and I've been called to that. So let me ask you precious people a question tonight, and I'll ask those of you that are watching online by way of the Internet. Are you giving yourself to that? 
There's nothing more important to God, nothing else more pleasing to God than that. Than you being a conduit through which He flows His Spirit to pray in the Spirit and to minister to people. And if we're not doing that, then we are not in the will of God as an individual or as a church. I am calling this church to the ministry of intercessory prayer like we have never done before, and we can all participate. Now, next week, I'm going to give you a little bit more of the why concerning this thing called intercessory prayer, and also we'll go into the how, how it works, and how, how we do it, and how it affects those that we intercede for in intercessory prayer. I've already taught a lesson on that, touched upon that, but next week we'll talk about exactly how intercessory prayer does that by affecting and changing things in the spirit realm. In the, the Bible word, well, the Greek word is cosmos, in the atmosphere where there's a whole nother world in the spirit realm that corresponds and coincides with this natural world that we are so much a part of and so tied to. Sometimes we forget about the spirit realm. That's where things really take place. Pray God. Let's stand together. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's just pray right now as we close out this service. And let's ask God to, let's God to ask God to use you. Would you do that? I mean, we're praying for the Lord to use this church and give us revival and reach souls. We baptized, I think it was four in the span of one week just a few days ago, a week or so ago. But I want you to pray right now before we go home for God to use you the way He wants to use you. Would you pray that with me right now? Pray that with your pastor. God, would you, would you please help us? Would you please release upon this church and upon this people your spirit of grace that we might receive the spirit of Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.